0: They select, I think, four or five uh, startups to pitch their idea for investment. And uh, I pitched an idea of a very low-cost laser scanner. But unfortunately, I I, I didn't get any investor uh, uh, from, from that show. But the good thing was that I got a lot of exposure.
1: Hi, my name is Si Hong Peng. I'm your host for the Mindpreneur podcast show, where I interview successful entrepreneurs and uh, in the hopes to inspire more and more people in the corporate world or where they're starting up to think like an entrepreneur and make a difference in their world. So joining me today is Naeem Ahmed. Uh, Naeem is the founder and CEO of ClickMox based in Sudbury, Canada. ClickMarkus is best known for its industry-leading drone survey system for underground mining application. In the underground mining world, uh, often we face the challenges of no light or very low visibility, and there's no GPS signal for navigation. So today, we'll learn how Naeem and his team tackled the challenge and built a successful business on it. And his work even gets noticed by NASA Mm -hmm. uh, recently. And we also learn how a uh, theoretical physicist with a, a intrinsic interest in general relativity ends up in the dark world mm-hmm. of underground mining. Uh, so theoretical uh, theoretical physics, number one, the most prestigious uh, university in Pakistan, and. Uh, uh, Snow lab for particle detection, all those experiences are really fascinating to me. So welcome Naeem. Oh thank I'll you very you... much.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, you're thank welcome. unless you. us you uh introduce yourself?
0: Yeah, so um as Jong said that you know I'm uh, basically I started as a as a theoretical physicist and then um you know went through different uh, cycles of uh, working in different fields of physics uh, starting with general relativity all the way to um, astroparticle physics and then moved to the mining industry
1: wow that's quite a span of experience Yeah.
2: yeah
1: so if you don't mind me asking what was your uh clickmux revenue for the past 12 months
0: well we we have uh, actually surpassed uh, you know million dollars oh wow uh, yeah yeah so and we are um on way um, you know on our way to uh to go you know three times this year three times this yeah. year yeah wow Hopefully. that's a
1: very uh, yeah very uh, ambitious goal yeah and yeah. very uh, great growth
0: yeah 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 absolutely you know we've been very fortunate to uh to have been able to build a a good clientele, the people who trust us and our products and also our services.
1: Wow. So So this year we expect uh, over three millions of sales. That's great. So remind me when you started the business? Uh, well, we started in 2014. 2014 and now it's only five years and you're, you're into the seven figure league already. Yes. Yes. Congrats. Yeah. Thank uh, you very much. Great job there. Thank you. Uh, So where are these revenues from? Because you were saying this year you expect three times of the growth.
0: Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, in previous years, uh, most of our uh, revenue was coming from services. And uh, so now our products have matured and we have actually started selling our products. So that's where most of the of the revenue is coming from now. So we are actually making more sales than than before. And, and that's the growth we are uh, uh, looking at continuing in the next year.
1: Maybe tell us a little bit about your products and services that you mentioned uh, earlier. What yeah. products and what services do you offer for our audience members that probably don't know ClickMox all that well? Yeah.
0: Okay. So we uh, uh, have been uh, focusing primarily on underground mining. Right, so there was a there was a need uh, when we started uh, working in this sector. Um, we found out that there is a there is a need of uh, scanning and mapping of inaccessible areas, and there was no product uh, that could uh, efficiently, quickly, and safely scan and map, for example, open stoves or caved-in areas right so we came up with a with a with a drone based solution uh, and and a laser scanner a lidar that we designed ourselves that was able to uh, perform these scans uh, while the while the drone is moving right so the the traditional uh, systems where the system uh, has to be stationary was uh, was not really um, you know useful for that kind of scanning and mapping. So so that was our kind of niche. That's what, yeah. You know.
1: right? And right. So you can send a drone in without having you know putting any person in jeopardy or unsafe conditions because mm-hmm. of yeah. the possibility of uh, say ground failure or exactly. uh, things like that. Exactly. So, okay.
0: so safety is is the biggest thing, of course, and then. Uh, uh you know uh, if you can uh, faithfully reconstruct a stope it has a high value uh for mining operations right right so uh we, we you know we provided services um uh in this in this sector and then we quickly we were able to very quickly uh you know, go in, in, in other sectors in the underground mine as well, even general purpose scanning and mapping, because the the lidars or the the laser scanners that we developed uh, were much faster and quicker and and much easier to use than the than the traditional laser scanners that were being used in the mining industry.
1: Right, that's yeah. a very impressive research yeah. and development down at Clickomoxing House here, but yeah. so we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when you started out, uh, ClickMux, it didn't start with a drone survey. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. in 2014, drone wasn't really that mature for industrial applications. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe tell us about when you first started. What 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 did you start with?
0: So we we started with a, with a project for Grassberg in, in Indonesia, and they wanted us to. Uh, to advise them on how to do convergence monitoring in um, in uh, in pillars of of the block cave mine, right, right, and and we um, you know we came up with two different solutions. One was the solution that uh, was based on um, geotechnical um, uh, monitoring sensors, and which was uh, a little bit expensive for them. And the other solution was. Using a laser scanner, right? So, so the idea is that you do a uh, you do a scan, and then you come back and do another scan and make a comparison. You know, make a difference calculation to see if the if the if there's a comparison uh, in the been, wrong. Uh, or not. Yeah. Okay, I so see. So we we started since at that time we didn't have a, our own scanner, right? So right. we started with an existing scanner, an existing product out of uh, a company in UK. And uh, But very quickly, we realized uh, that there were a lot of uh, limitations of that product. And we thought that, you know, instead of going to that company and asking them to, you know, uh, make a product that would fit our requirements, why not build our own scanner? I see. Uh, So that's how
1: how you started.
0: We came up with with this idea of Mm -hmm. uh, new LiDAR.
1: Oh, okay. I see. Yeah. We'll actually talk in detail about that a little bit later. But uh, you, you said in our pre-interview that uh, when growing up, you didn't expect yourself to be doing business at all. So, uh, yeah. and now you you have built this very successful business in such a short amount of time. I would say. Uh, so, what what inspired you to start? Or What was in your mind when you decided to start ClickMox?
0: Well, um, you know, uh, of course, you know, I I never um, thought of uh, starting a business. I I always wanted to, uh, you know, when I was growing up to be, uh, you know, to work in the sciences, pure sciences, physics and mathematics. And uh, but then uh, you know when I came to Sudbury and I started working in the mining sector, uh, there were a lot of problems in the especially in the underground mining sector that I was able to identify, and uh, I thought that you know I can potentially solve those problems, right?
1: With your and, knowledge and skills. Yeah, with right. the
0: with the knowledge of sensor development, with the you know system. Uh, development you know process development uh mathematics uh so and and if if you're doing a job for some other company you don't really have that kind of uh you know
1: autonomy, uh, autonomy
0: you know yeah. <laughs> and freedom to to do whatever you want right so i thought that you know let's 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 do you know whatever what i wanna do myself and see how how it goes
1: right right so, so you have this idea that yeah i yeah maybe i can solve those problems but uh, running a business is never only about having an idea there are so many other things that could go wrong that's why probably stats show that a majority of business when they started they fail within probably the first couple of years were yeah. Were you fearful or what, what did you have any doubts in your mind uh, oh. before you actually started
0: yeah, well, of course, of course, I had fears. I had never done a business before, right? So I didn't know what it uh, would take to to start and run a business. Right, right. But then, of course, uh, you know, Canada is a is a very uh, business-friendly country. Okay. So there is a lot of help and advice available uh, in, in the government sector oh, and okay. also in the private sector. So I was able to, uh, you know, um use uh, some of the you know um, resources available for businesses to start the business and and of course the biggest hurdle in starting any business is the availability of cash right um, so that was something which was a struggle uh, of course was a very very big struggle in the beginning but then once uh, we were able to you know go over that obstacle or the potential then it became much easier later on and and yes, yeah, you're right, you know I, I had the doubts I, I didn't know what will happen, but I, my my uh, my brother um, I, I consulted him and he he's a businessman, and he said the that you know uh, you can do whatever, you know, but just just don't give up. <laughs> it's the persistence that makes okay, people persistence make, right, makes yeah. people successful, right? And he said that it's not going to be easy. Nobody's going to, you know, uh, come to you and say that you know, okay, you have this problem, I'll solve it. You'll have to solve your problems, right? Right, right. But then just you. keep on doing what you, what you want to do.
1: Right. Yeah. So he, does your brother also run a successful business in Canada? Or?
0: Uh, no, no, he's, he's in Pakistan. He's oh, not okay. in Canada, yeah, I see. but he's yeah. running his own business. So yeah. I
1: guess the business is probably in your genes. That
0: yeah, you could say that, but my, my father was, uh, was not a business person. He was in military. He was in the air force. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't so, know that. Yeah. Uh, cool. So, yeah. So in that respect, no, of course. And, um, most of of uh, my cousins and others in um, in Pakistan and also abroad, they're all um, you know doing their jobs,
1: right? Right, right. Uh,
0: I, nobody that I know is is in a in a business except for my brother.
1: Right, I right? see. So, and what do you think are the core values that you and probably your brother that have learned from from your father?
0: Well, first of all, you have to be very honest. you have to be honest to yourself you have to be honest to your clients this is the 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 utmost important thing and the second thing is that you know you have to believe in your products right because if you don't believe in your products yourself then you won't be able to be a successful others uh, others believe and and so together these two things um are are i think the core very very important for any business to to be successful
1: agreed yeah that's excellent okay so maybe let's talk about uh, a little bit about your pre-entrepreneurial life i was really fascinated when we were doing the pre-interview and i discovered so much about you uh so maybe let's start with your uh university so you were admitted to one of the most prestigious nuclear engineering program in Pakistan. Yeah. And you were, tell me about that. You were one of the, how many students that were? Yeah.
0: Well, a lot of people, a lot of students apply for that, about 10,000. And they have, uh, they select 100 out of those. So you have to go through, you know, written tests. And there is a, you know, and a very comprehensive uh, interview process that you have to go through and then they select uh, and then even after that there is a you know a 50% failure rate in that even after getting to that um, you know university about half of the more than half of the students they actually fail Say within the first year or wow. quit yeah a lot of them quit as well because it's extremely hard oh okay. extremely hard yeah, it's uh, I very imagine. demanding yeah uh,
1: yeah but those are the, the- Top students, the most, the smartest kids in the country, that uh, yeah. got admitted, and then you still need to work that hard to yeah. get through the program. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, smartest, uh, the ones who really want to get into the nuclear field, right? Out of those, but there are of course other kids in chemistry and physics who are right. probably smarter than them but Uh, to me nuclear engineering
1: is like Mm. a rocket science (laughs) that requires so much brain power yeah Uh, that that is amazing so Mm. what do you think was some of the uh, lessons that you learned from that experience the university life um so competitive so hard work
0: very competitive and uh you just keep on working hard that's the first lesson they teach right
1: right (laughs) and
0: um uh, so that the you know uh, the curriculum uh, was designed to uh, to make students work hard. Right, know? right. The way I it see. was designed, and um, um, they would teach uh, you know physics, uh, you know um, uh, mathematics, you know, and and the of course the systems engineering, um, right. the electronics, the you know the nuclear. All those different courses about okay. nuclear physics and right. nuclear engineering, uh, how to design a nuclear power plant core, what, right, you know, right. how to do transient analysis. Uh, so, so there was a lot that we had to learn.
1: Very hardcore engineering yeah. science training, uh, training,
0: and so, so I, you I learned graduated
1: with yeah. distinction, right?
0: Yeah, I was I was fortunate enough to to get uh, yeah, a distinction gold medal from there.
1: Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. Out of so many students you got mm-hmm. a gold medal. But
0: what happened after After that, yeah. So, uh, after that, um I was um um actually um you know, I got um, a faculty position in the same institute. So I started teaching there, right? and then um, uh my boss uh, he once um, said that okay well i think you should go abroad you should go to us right and he said that there is a professor um coming and he's uh, he wants a, you know a student and i have recommended your name right and why don't you go there and 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 study there so I said that, well, I mean, I don't want to go. I don't want to leave my family here. Right. So uh, that professor came and he actually offered me and I, I, I said no to him uh, from you know, yeah, Albany. <laughs> and uh, later on, on I, I kind of regretted that. But then uh, after about a year working there, I said that, well, nuclear is probably not the field that I want to continue working on. Right. For various reasons. You know, I, I did not feel that, you know, um, uh, creating nuclear waste is uh, is good for environment, good for, you know, um, um, people. So, you know, and of course, you know, a lot of people, you know, disagreed with me and I still do. But th- that, that's how I thought that, you know, I didn't really want to continue. So I talked to my boss and he said that, well um why don't you then uh, get the scholarship and and uh, go out and do phd somewhere in the field that you like right right, right. so Which what's the field that you
1: chose <laughs> physics physics of course yeah,
0: yeah so so there was a government scholarship program and uh, you had to write a gre and this and that or well, that, an interview so i was lucky enough to get that scholarship as well so i went to germany to uh, Ziegen University, and um, and then I I wanted to do theoretical physics, right? Because that's right. that's what I was, I still am passionate about. Right. Right. But then they said that you know my the professor over there he said that uh, he would recommend uh, going to uh, experimental high energy physics. Right. Because uh, there were you know uh, very little job opportunities in theory. And, uh, the funding for theory has been in the decline for, for the past couple of decades, actually oh, more okay. than that. So that it has been uh, unfortunate, um, all over the world. So, so that's why I, I, I did.
1: So you went to Germany, you did your, uh, studies there yeah. and then, so after you finished your studies there, you worked at, uh, uh the institute. Uh, tell me about that.
0: Yeah. So, um before I, I was finished i was uh, offered a position at max planck institute
1: for okay physics. so for people that don't know about uh, max planck institute of physics so i did a little bit of research online mm. so uh, max planck uh, planck institute for physics is actually a physics institute in Mule, germany that specializes in high energy physics and uh, astroparticle physics and uh, in October, 1917, the Institute was officially founded in Berlin. And Albert Einstein was mm-hmm. actually the first head director. So very impressive, very prestigious yeah. Institute there That's for sure. True.
0: And and I was very lucky to, to get that position and over there and uh, there I had to, uh, you know, I was working on very high end, um, um, you know, electronic development as well as uh, uh, you know uh, some of the uh, um, experimental particle physics. Uh, so I was a part of the group that was working on the HERA B experiment at Daisy in Hamburg. Right. Um, and um, so I, I worked there for about for about a year it was an excellent experience very good yeah it was very
1: that's excellent uh, so what was your biggest learning from that you mentioned the electronics and then software maybe
0: yeah yeah so so the electronics uh, that uh, we were working on over there um was was fairly complicated you know it's a uh, very deep um, analog pipelines and um, right. uh, digital circuitry that was very challenging to develop. Um, so we, we we were we were developing that electronics for the Hera experiment for the central uh, tracker of the of the of the experiment. Um, and that was
1: in the fairly early stage of computer or internet or software uh, yeah. sensor interface. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. That so, is
1: so cool. So you did some pioneering work uh, in terms of uh, interfacing yeah. uh, hardware or sensors with software so, and controls.
0: Yeah. And then uh, there were, you know, how we were working on the 0th first and second level triggers for the electronics, because what happens is that when you have a particle-antiparticle collision, you get a lot of particles and you can't really analyze all the particles, right? So you have to work on triggers to right. remove the the data the, that you do noise. not want yeah. to um, right. analyze. So those triggers, because uh, you know, um, because the collisions happen very, very fast. So so you are you are looking at you know sub nanosecond and sometimes uh, you know femtosecond timing circuitry, right. right? So very challenging, very challenging electronics as well as the software.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It reminds mm. me of my physics and chemistry from the uh, university. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so yeah. cool. So uh mm. later then you went on to work in the States before you actually bumped into this small town called Sudbury. Sudbury,
0: yeah, that's right. It was been quite a quite a journey. So yeah, so I, I was offered a position at Fermi Lab um in the US. Right and uh, Fermilab is is um, in the U.S. Uh, actually, all over the world is one of the premier institutes of
1: experimental high energy physics. Right, that was actually the largest high energy high energy lab in the world until I think two thousand seven, two thousand eight, uh, yeah. when they had the new one in. Europe.
0: Yeah, the Large Hadron Collider (LHC). Right. So before right. LHC, this was the uh, highest energy uh, proton-antiproton collider.
1: Right. So um, what did you do there?
0: So I, I was actually hired by a Dutch uh, research organization called FOM. Right. And uh, they they sent me to to the U.S. and uh, I was uh, in charge of the safety system of again the central cracker of the system. Right. And uh, my job was to first design the safety system, right? And then kind of remain in charge of that until the end of uh, my contract or the experiment.
1: Okay, I yeah. see. And that's when someone actually approached you from Sudbury's snow lab. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> kind of funny, yeah. So somebody came to Sudbury and uh, um you know, I was showing them around and then they said that, you know, let's go for a cup of coffee. And uh, Before
1: that, you probably wonder, where is Sudbury? Where is, uh- I had
0: no idea what Sudbury was. Right. <laughs> no right. idea. I, I had actually already off, had uh, two offers, one from California, other from Michigan, uh, for jobs that I was considering, you know, both of those jobs at that point. And the guy came and he said that, you know, one of the professors actually... Uh and he said that why don't you have you ever heard of Sudbury? I said, No, I have no idea. <laughs> of course said, not. Uh well, why, why don't you come and have a look and uh, you know, maybe you would like to come and work with us? Right. Right. And um I said, Well, okay, why not? <laughs> yeah. So I I, I came to Sudbury and uh, I really hated the city. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was winter, right? Yeah. So what can you expect? Right. So uh and then I loved the lab. Lab right. was absolutely was awesome.
1: So I guess that's what it kept you here, even though I think you mentioned in our pre-interview, it took a fifty percent pay cut from okay. Fermilab. Yeah,
0: yeah, I had to take fifty percent pay cut. Um, that's a
1: pretty tough decision. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But I, I talked to my wife. She's always been very, very supportive. And I said that. Well, I mean, I can take this job at Michigan, or you know. California, we can uh, you know or uh, we can go north to Canada. um, uh, (laughs) Colder climate, (laughs) and then we we won't be able to afford two cars, right? (laughs) Anymore, and we'll probably live in a smaller apartment. And right, right. right. And she said that. Well, I mean, if that's what you want to do, if that's what you like to do, right? Then let's go for it. I have no problems with that.
1: Great wife. Right. So
0: so we came here and. um, I loved it, actually, you know, um, and uh, some when I, when I came here, somebody at the lab said that, well, I mean, uh, Sudbury is a city that grows on you, right? And then he said, like, fungus. <laughs> 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 it was kind of funny. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
1: uh, so I guess that's a Snow Lab. It's basically a, a neutrino observation laboratory uh, located underground here at a local mine in Sudbury. So, I guess that's when you first got exposed to underground or to mining?
0: Yeah, that's correct. That was my first uh, experience in an underground mine. Uh, it was a you know, very rough environment, of right. course, right? And uh, But the lab itself was, of course, the, one of the cleanest places on earth. Right. There's no lab, right? right. Because so, they
1: want to have absolutely zero interference or pollution,
0: zero contamination, right. zero pollution. Right. Um, so, um, I mean, you you go through that extremely rough environment, you walk through that, you know, drift or tunnel, and <laughs> then you go to the cleanest lab in the world. You imagine in the world, it's quite an experience. Right? Right.
1: That's, and, uh, yeah, that's yeah, loved cool. It. Yeah. So, but then soon the... Uh, the experiment came to an end at the snow lab
0: yeah uh, in about five years, I worked there for five years and the the um, experiment ended and then i um uh, I talked to um somebody in Sudbury and who he he was he was running a um, a company that was developing high end technologies for right. underground mines. Well, actually, for the mining, for the future mining. Right, right, right. Some right. sort
1: of a communication uh, device.
0: Yeah, so they had different projects, and one of them was uh, was a project in which they were trying to see if it is possible to communicate using uh, visible light in right. underwater. Right. And, and the reason why they wanted to do it was because uh, they wanted to see if it is possible to safely do... Uh, mining underwater
1: right right, right.
0: so yeah. because right now all the systems that we have use cables and those cables tangle up right. very quickly and it is very difficult to uh to have high throughput using sonar systems right because those are highly limited in bandwidth right so um um yeah we 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 were lucky enough we, we developed the system very very quickly um, that um you know um, visible light based because there there's a very narrow um, spectrum, um, you know um, uh, range of the spectrum starts right. from blue all the way to green right, and that where the attenuation in water is the least right, right? right. so so, so, you so can that's travel far. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's why we we see water as either blue or green, right? Because right. That's those are the colors that go you know deepest in water. So we used uh, we used uh, green LEDs actually, to to build that communication system, okay. and we were able to get uh, uh, ten megahertz, ten megabit per second actually. Oh wow, of, that's uh,
1: a lot of bandwidth. Yeah,
0: yeah. We were actually transferring video underwater and and sound and video and.
1: Yeah. Actually, I, I think I've seen one of those devices that you mentioned at the yeah. uh, at the facility there, and it's yeah. it's just amazing. Yeah, yeah. some yeah. of the uh, ingenuity and uh, yeah. communication technology that put in spa- uh, put into place. Yeah. yeah. But then after that project, uh, the you moved on to your next role.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a, there was a company called Mining Technologies International. Right. And. Um, uh, at that time, they were the biggest uh, uh, manufacturer of underground mining machinery in Canada. Uh, fairly, fairly big companies sudbury based, but they had offices uh, in other um, countries as well. Um, so I was made in charge of uh, the uh, automation department in that company because what they wanted to do is to move away from uh, from manually operated machinery and uh, actually turn them into a, you know autonomous, autonomous, semi autonomous or autonomous. Uh, for example, uh, drill boom jumbos. Right. Right. So so I uh, so they they started this they started this program and I, I, I um, you know they gave me the charge of that. So we we worked on uh, so that that was a lot of uh, uh, interesting work in robotics,
1: right? Right, because machine we, sensor uh, software interfacing. Yeah, and also um,
0: you know mathematics for robotics. Right? Absolutely. So it's the a lot core of- core behind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, inverse kinematics, right? Right. So because uh, you know that you know inverse kinematics is not that that easy. Um, uh, because, uh, you know, you you don't really get a unique solution, right? You get multiple solutions, and then you have to figure out which solution to go for. Right. Right. And uh, so we were working on um, our, uh, you know, second project uh, was to uh, develop a fully autonomous uh, nine-axis drill boom jumbo wow yeah so and we said that you know the first step would be to develop the mathematics for that and the second step would be to do simulations right and the third step would be to actually build the system which is
1: a very cost effective approach to tackle automation exactly exactly
0: so we we built the mathematics uh, of course uh, you know and uh, then um, um, when the mathematics was done, then we did the simulations, right. uh, we wrote the simulation code. And, um, then when that was done, we wrote the actual controls code. And right when we were getting ready to implement on the machine, the, the company went into financial trouble and it was, uh, uh bought by another company.
1: Yeah, I think it's bought by Joy Global. By
0: Joy Global. And now it's uh, another company that bought Joy Global as well. Right. So at that point, I said that, well, I mean, I've been going from one job to the next, right? And I I know that I can contribute a lot to the mining industry because there are problems that I know exist. And uh, not many people are looking at solving them. So how about I start my own business? Right, so But that,
1: let's pause for a second there. Yeah. So basically, you were let go three times, uh, not willingly, but because of something that's totally beyond your control. Yeah. And uh, also, you mentioned it was a very mo- emotional moment when you were let go by MTI because uh, something happened in the family.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was an emotional moment. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I wasn't expecting that because on the same, uh, actually, the day before, I I was in a meeting with the owner of the company, right? Right. And we were discussing future plans. Right. What are we going to do, and how we are going to do that? And 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 the next day, um, I was visited by the uh, by the by the by the manager um, of the whole engineering. And um, he said that, you know, we are in a deep financial trouble and uh, we just have to close the whole automation department. Actually, you know, they laid off a lot of people, a lot of people who are, uh, who they thought, uh, you know, uh, were working on future projects. Right. You know, they were, they were let go. Uh, Some of, some of them were there in the, in the company for a very long time as well so it was a very emotional moment also because on the same day we had a death in, in the family actually my mother-in-law and um so it was it was it was a it was a difficult time right for sure. so
1: yeah it was very emotional i, I yeah. guess that's probably one of the lowest moments in in your career in your uh, yeah. life because yes. I remember when I was actually, after I graduated from university here in Canada, before that I did my bachelor's degree in China
2: yeah.
1: and I started to look for a job, just one job, and I wasn't really trying to pick, you know, location or as long as someone offered me a job, I would be happy. But. Yeah. I kept searching, kept the searching, it took me months, and I probably applied for hundreds of jobs, yeah. but there is basically no nothing, no advance. Uh, I probably got a wine interview or two here and there, yeah. but nothing materialized and I remember very vividly uh this one night I was going to the c i m conference in Montreal, yeah and then uh, hoping to you know find some opportunities there and I was staying as at this. A uh, family hotel run by this gentleman, and uh, I was staying in a room with twelve beds, okay. basically like a university dorm. I was sleeping in one of the beds. I was looking at the ceiling. I was like, "Wow, this is so hard." And language is not my uh, strongest suit, and uh, in a social setting, I couldn't talk to people because I don't have the same cultural background, and mm. I was just. Doubting myself because really, am Am I capable of doing anything? And I remember that was really hard because I totally have no control over what I want to do next. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I can totally relate to yeah, you when yeah. you said whenever, you know, some someone wants to let you go, they didn't even think twice.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's how... You know, um, and one thing that, you know, um, you know, you were asking in the beginning that, you know, um, you know, about about the business and how it should be run. And there's one one more thing that, you know, for some reason um people have been forgetting that it's people who actually make businesses successful. Right. It's the workers, right? Right and and that you know for some some reason the you know the empathy and the humanity that we should have in our companies we are we're for for some reason we are losing that right, right and right. and uh, and this is something that i have experienced and and also while talking to some of uh, my peers in other businesses that some for some reason uh People are being, you know, looked at as, as you know, as a computer, for example, right? As a right? number, as computer, a number yeah. right? Right. So you know, they what they think is that you know there are plenty of people available to do anything, right? So it doesn't matter. What we forget is that you know, it's people, right? Exactly. They have their own families, right? They might not perform on a certain day or on a in a certain week or in a certain month right. because they might have some problems going on. Right. Some exactly. issues they are they yeah. might be dealing with. And we have to be considerate about right. that. Right. That's... And and this is something I I think uh, you know back in the olden days there was a concept of building loyalty in business. Right. And that loyalty is being lost now, right? because the, the the concept is very simple, right if somebody uh if 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 an, if an employee wants to cheat you right they will find a million ways to do that right so so w- w- what i I tell uh, you know ask everybody also my peers is that you know when you're running a business you know keep that in mind you know um. You know, if somebody is is deliberately trying to cheat you, or that that is a different story, right? But you know, if you can, uh, if you if you are letting somebody go, so that you can make you know maybe twenty thousand dollar more in a year. That doesn't make sense. To me, it doesn't make sense.
1: Right, right. You know? I hear you. the human touch instead yeah. of it, just focusing uh, on the numbers.
0: We, we are all families, right? Family, right? I mean, I've been extremely, extremely fortunate to uh, to still have the same people who were there with me in the beginning.
1: Yeah, I think that's same. one of the major ingredients yeah. in your success because the team that you started with yeah. have been sticking with you. Are- yeah, yeah. Uh, since the beginning. Yeah. So but having a, a great idea, having the uh the values, skills, knowledge I guess isn't really enough to build a business and you've seen that at MTI they have great ideas about mining automation and I guess that was at a time when uh, yeah. only probably a handful of other people have seen the future of automation in mining equipment so yeah. they have apparently the grand idea of uh, automation but they didn't s- survive the business world so did, did that make you feel you know uh maybe should i well, st- really start this well i
0: i learned from their mistake perfect right i mean i i because i i was i was sitting with the management all the times so i i had a very clear idea of what the mistakes that were being made and 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 i knew that you know for any business to survive as you said just the idea is not enough right right you have to execute very precisely and very you know thoughtfully right right and also uh, you know uh, you need to understand that uh, any business requires revenue to survive. Right, exactly. Right. So you have to find ways to sell. increase, to sell, to right. provide services, to increase your revenue. And, um, and that's another thing that I learned that there are s- some companies, they start with a grand idea, right? And they get some kind of funding and they start and develop something, but it takes them, you know, four, five, seven, eight years to go to market. Right. right and during that time um, they by that time they have you know uh, you know used up all of their resources all of the you know the the employees are not happy so 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 that that's that's what I learned right so I said that okay the best way to move forward is to of course keep on doing the research and development but then also provide services so that we can generate revenue. We can right. bring money into the Excellent. company. I think that's
1: a very critical lesson here. So a lot of the times we tend to, you know, try to develop something that's perfect before we can even talk about it or show anyone. Mm-hmm. But you took a very different approach. You start with something as long as initially it can work, uh, serve a a certain clientele. Then you go show it to your clients. And then I think that's a very agile approach uh, when it comes to business dealing. But I want to ask you so, when you started a business, there is apparently uh, the execution you mentioned, but also accounting, legal, finance, uh, funding, and all those. Jazz, the fun yeah. stuff, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> that you have to take care of. Uh, yeah. did, did you have someone to guide you through this, or uh, you just kind of, yeah, I'm going to uh, figure it out myself?
0: <laughs> Unfortunately, not. I just had to, these things I had to actually figure out myself. Of course, there were resources available uh, from the government sector, um, but in terms of accounting, for example, right? Um, uh, in the beginning i was pretty much doing everything myself right because um at that time we couldn't hire anybody to to do that now of course there's a company that takes care of that but at that time we had nothing right so along the way it was good for me because then i i was able to understand how all of this mumbo-jumbo <laughs> accounting works. <laughs> Otherwise, I wouldn't have any idea, right? Right, So right, now, right. Uh, if they say that, you know, this is that and that is that, so now I can, you know, wrap my hand, head around, around uh, what they are trying to say, right?
1: Right. So, I think that's probably typically a myth about when it comes to entrepreneurship. Uh, they tend to think, oh, I... I just want to quit my job so that i don't have to do this thing i just want to do i can do whatever i like or whatever i want but it turns out that you actually need to take care of of a lot of more things than you say we're taking a job because like you said if you don't do it then nobody will nobody will right so i i can see from your pre-entrepreneurial life that you have been building this uh, knowledge and skills for example uh how to work with sensors how to work yeah. with interfacing yeah. uh software, software coding yeah. mathematics yeah. it seems you are building naturally towards uh, this this funnel of building uh, a sensor based technology and that, i think that's how you started you mentioned clickmox. you started with the sensors for that uh, that uh, mining company in indonesia yeah uh but then you uh, you found out that that The sensor you got from off the shelf or uh, the market didn't quite work well. So maybe walk us through that. Why is it not working well?
0: Okay, so so there were two issues. One of them was that uh, it was a mobile scanner, but they wanted um, uh, the the mining company or us to send data on to upload data onto their server, and they would process and then give us the uh, the 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 map right
1: and how long does that process typically take
0: oh um the process is fast uh just takes uh maybe you know 10 15 minutes okay provided you can upload, upload data, data quickly so now and that was
1: t- in the uh, about six seven years ago
0: yeah yeah and um uh the the, the mine site uh they were and i think still are using satellite internet co- collection connection oh, which is so extremely
1: very limited bandwidth and very, very expensive very expensive right
0: so they just said that okay you know this is something that's not going to work for us oh, at all. okay i see they said that you know uh we we just can't do that and even if they could they said that we will never send our data to any other server because of uh,
1: privacy issues right 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 right, so um,
0: you know i tried to negotiate with the company but they had a business model where there was no other option
1: oh okay because they were probably the only one in the market that can do that at that time exactly okay so now that project stopped then your income basically stopped yeah yeah right what what next
0: well, the next, uh, of course, you know, um, uh, we, we did have some, you know, of course, there's some leftover money from that project. Okay, excellent. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Good financial planning there, by the way. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and, um, and then um, we we're fortunate enough to get another project from, uh, uh, from uh, Glencore, from Nickel Rim South, uh, to develop uh, another um, technology for... Uh, um, you know, borehole scanning and
1: clearance. So, um, how did you get uh, to approach a big corporation like that, a giant uh, mining company?
0: Yeah, so I, I I met with the director of the mine. I called him, I called him up, and uh, set up an appointment. And I went to went to him, and and I asked him, you know, is there a problem that needs to be solved, right? That we can help you with and he said yes of course we do That's have a very problem brave. just
1: to walk into the uh, yeah. director's office without even knowing the problems or without a solution yeah. you just want to understand their struggles okay yeah. i see yeah.
0: so we we got that small project right and uh, so the first step was to to build uh, the, the the actually they designed the system so we designed the system um, and then the next step was to actually build the system. and um, but unfortunately, um, um, that building part funding uh, didn't go forward because they had other priorities, and they said that you know we will come back to it later on. And right now, uh, um, I would want you guys to work on uh, a scanning and mapping system for uh, um, overpasses right and it stops right and um so actually i i received a letter from the director that you know this is our pro- priority so can you look at that instead of this for now so uh, we said that okay well i mean uh, uh, we can do um uh, uh, scanning and mapping of an ore pass but we need to you know mount a scanner on a drone and fly the drone in there. right and there was not, no system available at that point. You know, all these the scanning systems that were available were a stationary scanning systems. Right. Except for the ones that we were using uh, for the Graspware project. But that system was way too heavy.
1: So the reason you thought you had to use a drone uh, to carry the scanner was because?
0: Because uh, nobody could go there, can go there in a stope. Right. So, right. if you want to scan a stove, one way is to is to mount a scanner on a on a big post and and slide the scanner in there.
1: Right. But then
0: you get all kinds of shadows. That's where
1: effect. most companies, you know, uh, yeah. plan their cavities monitoring survey. Yeah. And yeah. it's a fixed point survey. That, like you said, if yeah. there is a uh, there is a irregular shape within the stope, within the opening, yeah. And then you will get. But you, because it's uh, light-based, you couldn't get past that obstacle. Exactly. Then you get shadows. Exactly. Okay. I see.
0: So, so we said that. Well, I mean, we can use a drone, but um, uh, there was no scanner scanning system available that could carry. Uh, um, you know that can be carried with a uh, by with, with a drone. So we said that. Well, let's build one ourselves then. Right. So we set out, uh, you know, as we do in research and development, we set out, uh, uh, you know, a very specific set of criteria right. that needs, needs to be fulfilled. And uh, that how mu- that's how much the weight should be and, you know, the battery life and the accuracy and the resolution and, and the range and all of that. And then we, we, we started that project. And uh, so that
1: project was funded by still uh, the money company, Extrata? Uh
0: No. Well, that project was partly funded by some of the money that was for the other project. Oh, OK. And uh, that was left over because they said that they would like us to work on this project instead. Right. Okay. So and um, we, we were able at that point, um, we also um, because we had all already started providing services with the previous scanner from the other company.
1: Oh, so you right. were still providing services with the uh, other market scanner. scanner. Also, yeah, okay. yeah,
0: because we didn't have our own, own scanner at that Right, time. right. So it was only for the, um, I remember we got a project from an Australian company, but for a project to be done here in Sudbury, for example, and there were some other smaller projects here and there. One of the projects was, was in BC. Uh, British Columbia. But uh, by that time, uh, we had already developed the first version of our scanner, scanning system.
1: Well, before you jumped into that, uh, the development of your scanner, maybe let's uh, step back a little bit. So at that time, uh, the funding basically has stopped from the Real Tinto uh, Research Fund. Mm -hmm. And then also the Extrata, I believe at some point the funding dried up uh, because of the Apparently, the downturn in mining yeah. economy. Yeah. Uh, but despite all that, you still decided to develop your own scanner. Yeah. yeah. What was what, what was the thinking behind? Where is the money well, from?
0: Well, the thinking was the was uh, was the survival instinct, right? You know, we had to survive, and we knew that if we kept on going with the other scanning system, the limitations are going to be like that, you know, unless they would change their business model, unless they redesign their, their system, which, or which we had no control, right. right? So, and we didn't really see a big market for that, even, even for services, right? And, um, so it was kind of, a you know, a matter of survival that either we develop the system or we just, uh, go and do something else.
1: Right, 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 I see. So, and and we knew... Yeah, you realize that probably would be the market need, but where's the funding from? (laughs) Well,
0: I mean, like I said, you know, there was some leftover money, of course, and then uh, there was, uh, we were getting some, you know, uh, some smaller, small contracts here and there.
1: Okay, so at the same time, time, you're getting revenue, okay, by providing services.
0: I have always been extremely, very, very aggressive in terms of uh, going to clients. you know tell I also, us about that. I would just pick up the phone and <laughs> start calling people that, okay, you know we provide this service, do you want something done? Most of the people would say no, but some would say yes, yeah, right? yeah I see and uh, so I actually calculated the response rate which which uh, i when I talked to others, they said it was pretty good, actually, ten percent.
1: Ten percent. So out of ten <laughs> phone calls, you'll close one deal. One
0: deal, yeah. In the beginning. But those were very small projects, right? right? Very, very small project. A few thousand dollars here and there. But that enough for us to keep on going.
1: Right, yeah. right. And again, I th- I think it's very important to test your idea, even though it's a small monetary value, mm-hmm. it, it helps you validate your idea in the market that yeah. maybe this is something that people don't want or this is something with a yeah. high demand. Yeah. For example, yeah. the the scanner you're talking about, that could be a, a high demand in the market.
0: Yeah, yeah. And 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 you know, once you go and use some other system and you tell them that okay, we are using some other system but we are developing our own system right. which is going to be better in so many right. ways,
1: right? So, so uh, you, you talked about uh, sales or marketing uh Can you tell us about a story, the most memorable one, probably when, you know, someone said no. And I think you mentioned in our view that even though when someone said no to you, you just kept (laughs) calling them, kept, you know, uh, hey, uh, maybe one day you need our service.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, um, I, I, whenever I would call somebody, I I would, you know, on, you know, in my mind, I would always know that they definitely need. This service or product, right? If so you I, have
1: done your research prior.
0: Yeah, yeah, and because if I if I know, for example, that this company or this person they do not need our services or product, then I I I, I don't call them again. Right. So there's there's no uh, because I, I don't really uh, like to push for something that they don't need. Right. right. But if, for example, they have a need but they are skeptical, for example, right? right. So then I would go back to them and say that, okay, just give us a, a chance. Let's do a test run. Let's do right, a test right. run for free, right? right. And if they have budget problems, uh, then I say that let's work together.
1: Right, on, right, on, I maybe you financing what, or...
0: Uh, I right? see. On on we can we can reduce the cost, you right? Know? We can pay for the travel ourselves, you know, things right, like right. that. So that so
1: you are really there as a service provider trying to resolve their problem, not yeah. you know put money first with no, a no. service uh, mindset.
0: No. no, no, money would always, you know, even today, you know, when when clients, uh, you know, some of the clients they. Uh, they talked to me and they said that, you know, okay, the system is this much and that is expensive. I always, we always work with them, you know. Right. Okay, let's look at your budget. Let's look at, you know, what right. we can do. And the important thing is that, you know, you get the product or service and, and you're happy with that. Right, right. That's the most important thing.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So maybe tell us about what are the most, the, the biggest challenges there are, when you started developing your own scanner, I guess you have to basically start from scratch. That Absolutely. requires uh, yeah. knowledge, uh, testing, probably people as well, and then yeah. patience.
0: And and patience, yes, of course, you know. And as I said, you know, I was very lucky to have uh, uh, you know uh, the people we have right now, Justin Gagnon, JU Wong, right, and. Um, um, they they were very you know they you know uh, they have always felt uh, kind of ownership you know in the in the company and uh, um, they have always uh, they always come up with new ideas okay you know we have this problem let's let's try this let's try that you know uh, if there is a problem with the algorithm let's try that if there is a problem with the code let's try that you know the mechanical do they, do they
1: have uh, actual ownership uh, through equity or uh, anything, uh, no no not, no not, not but not they have that time. sense of, uh, sense of ownership, ownership because you care about your employees like you mentioned yes. earlier okay yes, yes. I and
0: and they, they they care about about me about the company same way
1: right it just goes both ways right right yeah that's that's great yeah. culture in a, a yeah. company yeah now uh, maybe let's talk about hiring so When did you start building your team? Is that when you decided to hire people when, you you know, I want to develop the scanner or you have a team already before Uh,
0: that? Well, the team was already there. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because of course we were providing some services before that. And uh, so the team was already there and um, we started with with uh, of course there were some iterations. We started with some something else, and then um, you know a different kind of a scanning system, and uh, um, and then we moved to what we have now. Right? Oh, Okay. And the the so algorithm-
1: when you decide to hire people, out for, I guess from the market. Uh, what- what was on your mind like now basically you are handing over a portion of your business that you are mm-hmm. excel you are excellent at to someone that someone you basically else. have no idea about what what was going on in your mind i just want to mm-hmm. dig deep into that
0: well um i mean um the the most important thing for me was that, you know, the person, whoever, you know, the, the people who work for the company are passionate about this, this type of work. Right? Right. And, um, and I, I'm a very hands-on person, right? I, right. I do everything. I do soldering. Yeah. I, do. I can
1: see that every time <laughs> when I came to your office, you were busy with something in your hands.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I, I write software. I do everything. Right so and and that's what i wanted from the from from the people right so so you um,
1: hire on passion first yeah yeah right.
0: passion uh, and uh, believed in, in in the company and in in the products and the services um so i i i asked a few friends of and and, and also since uh, you know i'm also a teacher right and uh, I always uh, like to work with, uh, you know, younger people because they are enthusiastic, right? Right. About, right. about learning and about, you know. Uh, so so that was my idea, right? So I, I wanted to hire fresh graduates. Right, right, right. So that, you know, we can learn together okay, and build, build the team yeah. from scratch. Um So
1: So that's how you started building your team. And then the team started working on the research and development projects for the scanner. Yeah. How how did that go?
0: Well, it went really, really well, actually, you know, uh, when I, uh, you know, wrote everything down, you know, the requirements and the so from my past, you know, project management experience, I thought it would take about six, about 18 months, about a year and a half to, to finish that. And uh, they were able to finish the first version within, I think, within the six or eight months of oh, starting. Oh wow, that's
1: very impressive. So
0: very, very impressive. I was very happy, very, very happy with that.
1: So that yeah. would, that enabled you to put your product on the market much sooner than you anticipated and yeah. then started. Uh, is that when you started generating revenue from the scanner
0: uh well actually uh at, at that point we were not selling we didn't start selling okay. because what we wanted to do is to first test the equipment ourselves very aggressively right right, right? um so what we we started doing was to uh, we we used we started using our equipment in our service contracts right right and only when Uh, we became comfortable that, okay, this works right Right. in underground mines, then we started selling.
1: So basically, you were using your own prototype or products to test in a a real-life environment and then see if this works, maybe take notes from here and there. This doesn't work, that works, and then you come back to the office and uh, revise the design or change the parameters is that yeah. how it works
0: yeah absolutely and not just not just the working because we knew that the system works you know in principle this but all those you know smaller details like you know um and you you are you know in the mining industry you know how things work underground it's a very rough environment right you know in terms of uh uh you know the agility of the system in terms of how um uh you know what happens if if you have a spraying water what happens if there's a lot of dust, dust yeah. you know what Wind. happens if somebody you know drops it on the floor you know right all right. those those smaller things how easy it is for somebody to learn right, right? how right. easy it is for somebody to do a small uh you know repair you right. know, on the spot right and all those small things that that we learned over the
1: years i see yeah so that's when uh you were still kind of doing services were you profitable at that time uh no we were not
0: profitable we were barely surviving so this was
1: probably <laughs> a couple of years into the business already and yeah. you were still not making, not money. making money uh what uh, what was your wife saying about this how uh, oh, was was always
0: you... absolutely supportive very very supportive i mean my wife and my children they have always been extremely supportive and uh, they said that well you have to make it work so you and have
1: uh, how many kids three 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 two. so you have three kids and then uh, were you taking a salary from the uh no, company no i was or
0: not uh, taking a salary but i was i was teaching part-time
1: oh you were teaching part-time to supplement family, yeah, family uh to income. supply for the family And my
0: okay. wife was has also been teaching at laurentian
1: right right so, oh okay uh, i see Right, no, right. That's part. how you manage financially, because Financial. uh, still bills have to be paid. The yeah, kids still have to participate of in extracurricular activities. Yeah, of oh, okay, I see. Uh, that, that makes sense. And so after that, you refined your scanner and then you, you finally came to a stage where, oh, this is a product that we can probably sell on the market yeah. or uh, some company can just use the scanner and do their own scan. Yeah. Tell us, how did you find your first customer? Uh, let me think who our
0: first customer was. Uh, let me try to remember.
1: Or the uh, first, uh, one of the first clients that you, you, uh, managed to persuade that this is a new thing, but I think this is. Uh, yeah,
0: I think the first clients were, was a company in China. Now I remember. So they bought three scanners from us.
1: Oh okay yeah. just a curious how did you reach a client uh, almost in a, China uh, on we, the other side of the world
0: yeah we we met them in um uh in in PDAC in PDEC. oh okay yeah, i see yeah yeah and then uh, we we built a, a relationship of course and uh, then uh, um, we, we we went to we went to China and we signed a contract and they bought three scanners from us and um the uh we wanted to move to um uh, to to building a lot more scanners for the chinese market right but then later on it, it didn't work out on 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 the on, on pricing issue
1: oh okay yeah so
0: we couldn't make it work
1: okay so you uh so that's one of your first clients, and then after that fell through uh you still got to survive you still got to sell your products where where did you go next
0: uh our next uh, customer was uh, our distributor in uh, in south america in peru okay yeah so how, uh how did you approach them well actually we went uh, with uh, in there is a trade show called perumin Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Peru it's, uh, mining. it's a very big mining show, right? In, right. Yeah. Uh, in Arequipa, uh, in Peru, so we went there um, with the with the Canadian delegation, and um, so the, that's
1: sponsored by the government, or uh,
0: no? You still, yeah. The part of the money uh, actually go comes from the government, and then you still have to pay for your travel and everything. Right. Part of the of the um, for for the booth and everything, right, right. So you still have to you know invest money uh, to 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 uh, you know use that uh, that service. So yeah, we went there and um, you know the Ministry of Northern Development and Mines uh, were there and they introduced us to the uh, uh, to uh, um, international Veal, a very large distributor in Peru. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talked about the product. They were very excited about the product because they knew what the, uh, problems were in underground mines. So, and then, um, you know, but it took, uh, almost a year to, to close uh, the deal. deal.
1: Uh, um, what, what, why did it take so long? uh
0: because uh, one of the issues was that they wanted us to come at our own expense and and do a uh demos at different mines and at that point uh, we didn't have resources to do oh, that kind I of. See. Uh, yeah
1: is that actually i remember is that when you went to the pitch 2015 at norcat here uh the where pitch, it's kind of uh, like a dragon's den show uh, where you yeah. there, pitch your idea and yeah. then hopefully someone from the panel yeah. will decide to invest in your company
0: yeah yeah no that uh, yeah no that was uh, before that
1: oh that was before was that before maybe tell that. us about the, that story
0: well it was uh, it's an event uh, that happens every year and right? um uh, they select i think four or five uh you know startups To pitch their idea for investment and uh, i pitched an idea of a very low cost laser scanner right Um, and uh, but unfortunately i i i didn't get any investor uh, uh, from from that show but the good thing was that i got a lot of exposure
1: Right, right. Because there's a lot of media coverage. Media coverage, yeah. Probably the panel members would regret today knowing that uh, how well the company is doing now. Yeah, 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 I hope so. I see. Yeah, so uh, then you developed your scanner. Now, you you also want to, you mentioned in the Extrata case, uh, when you were doing the STOPE scanner, you want to do the drone uh serve it. but at this yeah. time can you can you mount your scanner on any market drone or are you uh, do you have a drone solution
0: yeah so we we started with a, uh, there was a company called 3dr they still exist but they don't make drones anymore so we uh, and they had an open open platform which means that you can you can change the software and you can write your own routines you know oh, basically. okay it's kind uh, of like an open platform open platform okay. for the drone so we we uh, we purchased that system and we started working on that system but we very soon we realized that uh, for various reasons uh, i don't want to go into that uh, this system was not suitable for what we wanted to do right right, right. so uh, then uh, we started uh, using um, another platform that was uh, available off the shelf again open platform and, um, the reason why, again, we, we use the open platform was because, uh, it allowed us to change a lot of things in the hardware as well as software of the drone. Right. Right. And,
1: um, So what are the, I guess, the biggest challenges when you started, you know, modifying or mo- developing your own drone model to work with the scanner, Well, uh, particularly for an underground environment? Well, in
0: underground environment, one of the key things is um, 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 is that the drone should not be too big, and um, it cannot be too small because then, then its payload capacity will be too low. Right, it should be just the right size. <laughs> 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 and uh, then the should have good lighting. Uh, the the radio um, should be strong enough right so we for example we modify the the radio the power right? the power of the right. radio instead of 25 milliwatt which is uh, the standard we go to 300 milliwatt Oh, okay right? so I that see. we can go you know you have a uh, larger range larger range and on line of sight right right, right. operation um the other thing is uh, the constraint was that of course the payload capacity should be there the um, uh, There should be collision avoidance right. on the system, uh, configurable collision avoidance because underground mining environment
1: is different. Right, um, so basically adaptive, uh, adaptive collision avoidance. Yeah, uh,
0: the scanner should be mount, mountable on top and also at the bottom of the drone,
1: right? Right, because you want to scan both ways. Both ways, yeah.
0: For example, if you have, uh, if you want to do a, a top sill survey to right, right. look at undercut, right? So right, I you mount at the bottom, and right. so and um, it should not set off a lot of dust.
1: Right, right. At this I see. All
0: right, so all of these constraints had to be taken into consideration. Uh, right.
1: What about uh, navigation? Did, so you mentioned the uh, collision avoidance, but underground there is no. GPS signal, as we yes, understand.
0: GPS, yeah. So, um, uh, I mean, now we are in a phase of going to a fully autonomous system that uh, we are currently developing. Uh, but at, the, at that time, um, it was all manually operated.
1: Oh, okay. Everything so was... is. Uh, so, the, the operator actually has a console to see real-time feed yeah, real-time of film. the image and then yeah. control from there. Yes. Oh, okay, exactly, I see. Exactly yeah
0: and and it worked well you know for all of our service contracts and um it worked really well you know there was no issues uh but now of course the trend is that you know we we should have everybody's talking about autonomous operations you know uh, bringing people out of the mine you know so so that is something that we are uh aiming for as well right but then there are of course a lot of ifs and buts there uh because you're talking about a flying machine having a mind of its own
1: right, uh, right you know
0: flying in narrow cavities with cavity with with people around right so so you have to be extremely extremely careful
1: right as right. to
0: uh, uh in terms of functional safety of the system uh the design has to be uh really really perfect because the, these these uh, propellers
1: can really hurt people. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So how how did you tackle that? Well, we, we are
0: tackling it right now. Oh, as okay, we speak. I see. As you are, are
1: going to fully autonomous. Fully autonomous system. Oh, yeah, okay, I yeah, see, yeah. So, so what I are some of the challenges you're experiencing now as you are developing to a fully autonomous model? Well,
0: the fully autonomous system that we are working on is, um, is based on, uh, of course, the expert system with artificial intelligence built in and um that's a buzzword by the way it it is a buzzword yeah Yeah. i know everybody's doing that Um, so um so and and the the reason uh, of course is that you know the mining environment is extremely different and also very hazardous right right Mm -hmm. and um you know and it's extremely difficult to uh, build a system that is not based on expert system and have all the parameters so finely tuned that no accidents can happen. So this right, is very right. difficult. It's much much easier to build an expert system and train it in the particular environment. So and that training part, of course, is is a bit challenging. Yes, right. because uh, you know you you need to have a you know three D model of the mind our different, you know, types of mining environments,
1: right, right,
0: which we can develop, and we have, we actually have, you know, tens, actually hundreds of models already uh, from our service contracts, right, 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 right that we I can see. utilize, right, right, uh, to to. So
1: that you are talking about in a simulation environment
0: uh yes it's or in a, a
1: physical kind of a testing environment
0: um yeah well actually you know whenever you do a scan you build a, a model right? right right and and you can use that model to train the system
1: okay right? i see yeah and
0: in of course in it's a uh, um it's kind of a simulation of course right 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 because uh, you you are uh, you're giving as input. You're just giving some inputs, right? And and then you have some outputs. Then you have a feedback mechanism right. there, right? Right. And it's continuously running. The,
1: right, right, right. I see. Yeah. Yeah. That's the core of artificial intelligence and machine yeah. learning. So you yeah. feed. Uh, so it's basically like teaching a child yeah. how to exactly. do certain things. Exactly. And you got to teach the child the basic, yeah. and then. The child can slowly develop language skills, motor skills yeah. on their own mind. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. true. Okay, yeah. I see. Uh, what What is your business model at this point? You you yeah. uh, primarily provide services, or you are ready to generate significant amount of revenues from your drone now
0: from the From the sales, of course. You know, we are we are selling more and more now as compared to before, and. um uh, but we also want to keep on providing services, at least you know, uh, maybe at a smaller scale than right. what we are doing, right? Uh, because we want to concentrate more on developing products, products. right? Um, and uh, for example, we we are working on a new product for shaft scanning to to develop a system that we permanently mount on. Uh, on escape on, on the top of escape and um, and scan the shaft as the as the escape is moving right right so 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 this is the kind of uh, you know research and development that we want to keep on doing right
1: so you uh, got these directions of research and development f- from clients feedback or yeah uh, oh okay I see. yeah
0: yeah most of these are now from from the clients coming okay. from the clients i see um from valley we have actually three projects that are currently going on oh
1: wow that will One, keep me very busy
0: yeah yeah so and and that's the thing right so no, the 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 services um you know just takes a lot of time they right. take a lot of time and 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 it becomes difficult sometimes to
1: concentrate on research right, right, and development right very limited resources limited. yeah so now at this stage, you, were, you had this product available for sale and then you also provide services and then your, your team is still a fairly small team. Uh, so I heard from some customers that uh, as you grow, as you sell more products to these different customers, they may have all kinds of questions or help or technical assistance requirements. Yeah. Uh but with the small team they don't always feel like they are yeah. uh, taking taking well care of uh, yeah. during the process how, how, how what's your take on that Yeah you know you're
0: absolutely right you're absolutely right and uh, um I, I know that all of us um, are most of our times overworked nice. right <laughs> uh, and and as i said i've been very fortunate uh, i mean these guys they 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 are putting in a lot of effort they know that this is a very crucial stage of the company right and once we are past this stage uh, and we have a larger revenue coming in uh, we can hire more people and just, you know, develop a service department, right. That just takes care of that. And they have more time okay, excellent. to concentrate so on that That's
1: good. So you are recognizing the problem and you have yeah. a roadmap already. Okay. Yes, that's yes, excellent. absolutely. And then uh, at some point you landed a big contract with a, a giant mining company here. Uh, tell us about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, um. Uh, we were asked to submit a, a request for um, a quotation uh, for a three year service contract right. for six valley mines. So we put it in and and we were fortunate enough to win that contract. So this is our first year um, end of first year uh, in in that contract, and it's it's going really well. Um, and, um, every week we, we have some jobs that we do at some mine, some valid excellent. mine. Right. Yeah. Right. That's uh, that would is,
1: definitely keep you busy for a while. So yeah, a Three yeah. year contract. That's a three year see. contract. Yeah. And now you can afford more, a bigger team and more research and development efforts and also, yeah. like you said, customer service efforts. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Okay. Uh, excellent. And then, mm-hmm. so maybe tell us. The day you actually heard or knew that, that you were closing the deal with Ballet, what, what was going on in your, your mind? Well, How was, were you feeling? Uh, <laughs> I,
0: You know, uh, to be honest, I wasn't expecting because, um, you know, there are, of course, other providers, and, and they are really good at what they do. And they have been providing services for many, many years here, and we were up against them. Right. right, right, and um, I wasn't expecting, but then um when they when they called us for the you know for a discussion on the project and um you know on on the contract, uh, one thing that stuck out for them uh, was that we were continuously work on working on innovative products. We were constantly developing new ideas, new products, new processes. That was something that they really, really liked, Valley. And they said that, of course, there are other providers, but they have some products that they have been using and they will continue using those. but you guys are coming up with new ways of doing things, which we really, really like, right right? and you 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 can improvise, you can solve our problems, right the way others. Po- probably are not willing to do. They can, but probably they're they're too busy. Right. You know. It's, and that
1: that's at the very uh, core of Clickmox. You always keep the business model, providing services at the same time, research and development to yeah. continuously develop new products or improve your mm-hmm. existing products. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, excellent. So. Did, did you feel kind of a sense of validation or joy yes, or. Uh,
0: everybody, all team members, we all were very happy with that, you know? yeah and, uh, and, and that's what we said that, you know, we, we have done work in the past for Valet and, uh, they were happy with, the with, with us and, uh, uh, they have seen our products in working and they, they, they like the way we work. So. So I think, uh, you know, we think we are on the right track.
1: That's excellent. That's great recognition of your team's work. So uh, what is your next milestone? Now you have uh, this big contract that can sustain your development efforts. What is your next milestone?
0: Well, the next immediate milestone is to finish that shaft scanning system that I I told you about. Right. Because there there is a huge market for that. And we have already been contacted by, you know, large contracting companies. Right. Um, I won't name them here, but, uh, there is a lot of interest for that product. Uh,
1: how did you market yourself, uh, your, for example, this brand new product that no one has heard about yeah. to your potential clients? Uh, well, actually. What are some of the strategies or systems you have put <laughs> in place?
0: Well, um, you know, um. Basically, in in this particular case, what happened was that um, uh, the person in charge of the innovation in that company uh, knew me personally. Oh, okay. And he knew that we are, you know, we develop new products and they contacted us.
1: Oh, okay. I see. So we didn't have to
0: go to them. But then, of course, uh, you know, uh, whenever our team goes on a service contract, they always ask them, is there a problem that you're facing? Is oh, there something okay, else? I see. Right. right.
1: Listening. Yeah. Active listening of the customer. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And that has helped us a lot. Right.
1: And For they example. bring back the feedback to you okay. and then. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And For what ex- would, what do you do with the feedback? Because there yeah. might be a gazillion things from yeah, your yeah. customers. Yeah.
0: So we we evaluate. Right. Okay. We sit down and we say that okay, well, this mine has this particular problem. For example, uh, we found out that uh, one of the mines has these ore bins, right, right, with with liners and bolts, and that they have been uh, visually inspecting, right, right, and uh, which is a very you know cumbersome process, right. and uh, not very accurate either. Right. And this are uh, that uh, can we just do a scan of those orbins and figure out the wear in those liners and the bolts? And, um, uh, so we came back and we said that, okay, well, this sounds like an interesting project, but first let us figure out how many minds have this problem. Mm-hmm. So we started talking. Oh,
1: okay. Right? I see. You kind it's, of uh, take that idea from one client and then consult with okay. other clients yeah. and say, uh, yeah, do you yeah. guys have this problem it's or horrible. that problem? Yeah. Oh, okay. I and see. So found that's your approach.
0: Out that, uh, yes, uh, th- it, it is, it is a problem faced by many right okay so uh, and we said that okay we can solve this problem so we have just actually finished building a rig for that uh, to to address that issue and we are going to do the first test at valley very soon
1: okay well wow, excellent project that's great i'm glad to yeah. hear uh, you're making yeah. great progress in that yeah. so what is your vision for clickmox say in the next 10 30 years
0: Oh, 30 years. <laughs> yeah, I don't really think that far. <laughs> yeah. Well, the vision, uh, of course, is to, is to become the, basically the, the, the go-to place uh, for any kind of uh, uh, you know, uh, inspection and surveying and mapping needs uh, for, for, the, for the mining industry. But then we want to go full scale in IoT in the internet of things right right uh, building machines that are uh, autonomously working in underground mine for example we are building a, a ground vehicle a small ground vehicle for um, uh, some clients in in south africa where they have narrow veins narrow vein mining right so right. They, the veins are extremely narrow so and they have this issue of uh, mapping those veins which is oh, extremely okay. difficult with right. traditional systems. So we are building a small vehicle with a with scanner on that, that will autonomously go and keep on mapping, you know, those veins.
1: So So, so that kind of, imagery analysis or uh, still as no, a la- it's a laser-based? With the lidar based. Laser, okay. Yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah,
0: that's the, uh, but you know, that that's the, that's the, you know, the the goal that I have in mind at this point. To, to become a uh, full IoT provider.
1: That is a great vision, but I realize there is a lot of companies out there that are use, utilizing Artificial intelligence, IoT, industrial Internet of Things, and machine yeah. learning. Yeah. So, how do you differentiate uh, ClickMox?
0: You know, one of the differentiating factors is that, for example, we um, you know we build our own lidars. For example, right? We write our own software for that, right? Right. And so, we have a lot of uh, kind of uh, uh, freedom in terms of what we can do there as compared to to another provider who just purchase a lidar from somewhere else and and use that
1: oh right? okay i see so so we can do so you have total control total of your your system. software uh, hardware interfacing yeah yeah exactly
0: so this is one of the
1: differentiating
0: factors and then of course we have a client base already right we have clients who are waiting for our products Right. right, right, and 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 what we try to do is to always go for uh, uh, something which is different from what others are doing. Right. right? For example, um, you know, a small vehicle. A lot of uh, companies are building small vehicles, but a lot of those vehicles have these problems of uh, going over obstacles and going on on, on steep slopes. Right, right, and they
1: can tip over
0: they can tip over right so for example we are, the vehicle we are developing has six wheels you know independently operated right so it can six balance six wheel drive six <laughs> wheel drive so it can be independently operated and 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 it can balance itself in difficult very difficult environments right you
1: know. right i see so what are some of the lessons or advice that you would like to share with our audience members that are probably starting out or still working in a corporate environment but want to yeah. make a difference with their knowledge, skills, or uh, their mindset? They are seeing this shift or disruption from technology. Yeah. They might want to do something, and what are some of the advice that you would give to them?
0: Well, I have a lot of advice to give. <laughs> yeah, the first and foremost is that do what you want to do, what you like doing. Right. This is very, very important. Passion. Yeah. yeah you, when you get up in the morning, you should feel happy that you're going to work. Right. Right. You, you shouldn't feel burdened. Right. <laughs> so so this is, this is very, very important. Right. The next is that, you know, you build, uh, you know, a team around you. Uh, people who share your vision right you know, who share your values right right and who are passionate who are also passionate about about what you what you want to do right and then be persistent
1: persistent
0: just be persistent there i mean if you if you start a business there will definitely definitely be hurdles you will encounter problems countless problems every day right just right. never ends, but just be persistent and then, you know, uh, you, you will eventually you will succeed.
1: Excellent. Thanks yeah. very much. And so where can people find more about you or your company?
0: Well, I have uh, we have this website, um, uh, clickmox.com, C-L-I-C-K-M-O-X dot com. And uh, uh, there is uh, information about company, the products and services. And, uh, there's, um, I think a little bit, a uh, little information about team as well. Uh, it's incomplete, but there is some information and, uh,
1: uh, yeah, by the way, I checked the website. It looks beautiful. Yeah, Whoever designed your website yeah, did an excellent yeah, job.
0: Yeah. Thanks. One of our team members, uh, uh, Jesse Jensky, he, he designed that.
1: Excellent. Yeah. Yeah so you mentioned when you started out you didn't have a mentor to bounce ideas off or get some guidance uh, are you open to mentor uh, younger people that you know may need a little bit of help with uh, career advice or uh, uh-huh.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I already do that, actually. <laughs> oh, excellent. Yeah,
1: so, you know, um, a lot of
0: young people and also a lot of uh, older people uh, my age and and even older, they sometimes come in and, and ask me how to start a business, what to do, what are the first steps.
1: Right. So I, I always uh, yeah give them advice. and. So how can people, how can our audience members reach you?
0: Uh, the best is by email, by uh, email? which is uh, naeem, N-A-E-E-M, at So They can e- email me
1: anytime. Um, yeah. Next uh, section is actually my favorite, um, printer Trivia. Downtown Toronto or Lakefront Sudbury?
0: Lakefront Sudbury. Lakefront <laughs> Sudbury.
1: Good choice. Uh, Dominican Republic or Whistler, B.C. for vacation, or what's your favorite vacation place?
0: Well, um, I mean, uh, my, my favorite is, uh, has always been uh, uh, Stockholm. Stockholm. Yeah, yeah. I, I go there. I uh, have been going there often, actually. Uh, for some reason, I like that city a
1: Excellent. lot. Excellent. Yeah. 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 Uh, PC or Mac? Uh, PC. PC. Yeah. Uh, Wolves or Sudbury 5?
0: Sudbury 5. Sudbury 5. Yeah. You
1: watch basketball?
0: Basketball, yeah. Excellent. And,
1: yeah. So, what is your proudest purchase under five hundred dollars in the past, say, uh, five years? Proudest purchase under five hundred dollars.
0: Under five hundred dollars, uh, I I bought something, uh, you know, um, you know, for for my wife. Uh, so that was uh, something that, uh, um,
1: you know. W- what is it? That... Oh,
0: what, what was a, was a piece of uh, jewelry? Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's so, very nice
1: of you. Yeah, that's small. Okay. So, uh, I think I want to summarize, uh, the lessons learned, uh, lesson number one, if you want to do something, don't wait until everything's perfect. Do it now. Number two, be persistent. Keep working on the people that say no to you. Mm-hmm. Number three, listen to your customers and act on the feedback constantly. Yeah. Number four, be agile, pivot your plan when necessary. Number five. You may end up very differently since you first started. Mm -hmm. Number six, enlist help when necessary. Seeking help is not a sign of a weakness, but rather a sign of strength. Number seven, clearly define your goals and clearly communicate with your team for best alignment. Mm -hmm. Number eight, uh, find a mentor that can help guide you through the most difficult times. Lesson number nine, family support and work-life balance is important. Number 10, do it. Some barriers may only be perceived ones. Yeah. So I think that's uh, uh, my takeaway from uh, this interview. And yeah. um, uh, as a special offer to Mindpreneur audience, uh, Naeem has offered a 10% discount on their latest feature product, Versa 3D Scanner. Mm-hmm. So if, uh, uh, so, maybe introduce, introduce the model test. What What does a Versa 3D Scanner do?
0: Okay, so um, as the, as the as the name suggests, Versa uh, stands for versatile, right? Right. So and three uh, D for three D scanner. So it's it's a it's the probably the most versatile three D scanner, uh, versatile and compact three D scanner that you can buy. Uh, it it is designed for underground mines, but it can used uh, can be used elsewhere as well. Um, so the the reason why we call it versatile is because. It can be used as a stationary, high-resolution stationary scanner, as well as a mobile scanner. So you can mount it on a drone or on a ground vehicle and, um, you know, fly or drive the vehicle, and it will do a 3D mapping of the area. Or you can use it as a, as a simple, um, you know, on-the-tripod stationary scanner. Or you can mount it on a post and, and use it as a, as a CMS um, To to uh, scan stops.
1: Excellent. Yeah. That sounds like a great product uh, yeah. for uh, especially underground mining environments yes. where people uh, seek uh, very versatile yet compact yeah. products.
0: Yeah. yeah, it weighs only only nine hundred and twenty grams. So it's, oh it's, wow! It's a very Under, one Under one kilo. Under
1: one kilo. Yeah, that's great. So for our audience members that are interested to explore Visa uh, Versa three D. Uh, you can go to mindprinter.com slash clickmox. That's M-I-N-E-P-R-E-N-E-U-R rcom slash C-L-I-C-K-M-O-X. Thank you very much.
0: Okay, thank you.